Hi, this is Billy West. Or Stimson J. Cat. Or Lynn Hart. Shut up, you fool! And I'm Dr. Zoidberg. And I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. The new king Pentagatum. A few times in my life I've seen things. I'm gonna torture with voodoo. Been shot nine times. Okay, so before we start recording, I got sidetracked, and before we okay. officially, I gotta All show right. you. I gotta show you something. Hang on. Okay, here we go. Uh, yep. Oh shit! Holy You're shit! Out. Can you see? Oh, oh my <laughs> god! Ah, look at this thing. Yeah, it's yeah, still not fully. It fr- okay, now it. Frame. Oh my. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need like some fishing wire or something for that. <laughs> it comes. It, hang on, let me get back to my microphone. Let me put it down and get back to my microphone. In case anybody is wondering, that was Justin's live reaction. My um, McFarlane Gold Label Batwing came in yesterday, and uh, I told him we were gonna set up. And then I realized I hadn't put all the pieces on it together yet, and I wanted to show it to him. That was my live reaction to how goddamn big this thing is. That thing's a monstrosity of, like, the best way possible. It comes with a wall mount. Oh, okay, that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, I just don't have, um, down here in the basement, I don't have a wall that's actually a wall. I only have, um, because it's only half finished, so all the walls are insulation. So, I'm, like, still not entirely sure, unless I mount it on, like, a, I don't even know. Anyway, the point is, the thing is huge. It's, uh, probably a good two and a half feet across wingspan, so, uh, actually probably, actually probably more. It's probably, no, it's got to be more than two and a half feet now that I look at it. The thing is gigantic. I can't believe how big it, we kept saying how big it was, and now that I've actually got it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why did I buy this? It's so big. You bought it because it made you happy. Oh, it does make me happy. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, God, that thing's cool. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we is the ones who are forever now and always will be known as the two broke geeks. I'm Matt. <laughs> Wait, it's a podcast? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. That's right. That's what we were doing. <laughs> there's me. There's us when we took Manhattan. And there's the money that she gave us. And there's me hiding the money. <laughs> oh, so good. So, it really uh, was. Today, uh, yesterday, as we record this, was the uh, launch of uh, Disney's Muppet Mayhem, and uh, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> and man, Lips has uh, connections. <laughs> uh, 
Oh yeah, the big get him on with the do with the dead Mickey and the TikTok and <laughs> Wait, I can't understand I him. <laughs> two two times this week, characters that we're not supposed to understand, we got to actually understand. So Well when we get to the other That's one, there's a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. is. But uh Oh man. Uh Muppets may ha- like look, I liked uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion pretty well when it came out, but this Muppets Mayhem is very much the best Muppets thing in a very long time. It really is. <laughs> um, I really like how much heart it has. It's really funny. Uh, all the... I. Man, I was worried about weird-sounding Muppets, and they... The only one that sounds a little bit off from what I remember being the classic voice is Janice, but it doesn't bother me that much. Um, she's a little more high-pitched now than I remember her being. I used to, she used to have kind sure. of a deep... For sure. We're the for surelyans. Like, okay. Pretty sure Janice just I remember accidentally Janice started being a cult. A little... <laughs> Janice accidentally started a cult. It's so good. Um, for, for a show that has only the, the electric mayhem as the, the Muppet cast, uh, it is the most Muppety thing that's come out in a long time. Yeah. And like what we were talking about beforehand that like, we had to like, we weren't sure about li- like lips involvement. Cause I like, he's a newer Muppet that joined the, the electric mayhem, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him at all. And he's especially, he's definitely not in. Uh, when they show that old Muppets show footage from the 70s. So he had to have come in, because he's not in that Elton John segment they run for a little bit or anything like that. I don't remember him at all. (laughs) Yeah, same here. Like, what I told you, like, I had to look him up as he went, like, I guess he was, uh, he was first in the Muppet show, like, in the fifth season, and then Mm -hmm. he made, uh, appearances in Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, Muppets Christmas Story, and I think his first movie was Muppets uh, Take Manhattan. Right, but I, what I said to you, it's got to be true, is like, he can't be one of the, like, he can't be one of the, he must have never had lines right. before, because Animal has always had something to say, and Floyd, and Dr. Teeth, and Janice... Floyd must have never said anything before because I just don't. And you would think I rem- would remember that he sounds like Boomhauer. <laughs> what's What's also yeah. weird is like uh, what I was telling you the other day that the at the store we have the Muppets Mayhem. Oh, like well, you have like all Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem mm-hmm. as little figures, and it's everyone. But instead of lips, it's Skeeter, um, in the set. Huh. Because I guess okay. Skeeter was like their talent agent or manager. For well, he was time. the well, he was the Muppet Show, yeah. like manager. You know, he was the he did everything at the Muppet Show. Yeah, so that's not yeah. I don't know. I I thought all the celebrity cameos were a lot of fun. They, like, the celebrity every, cameos every, didn't feel um, like they were forced. 
No, because they were all, I mean, it was about recording an album. It was about the music industry and all of everybody in here, except Kevin Smith and Cheech and Chong, were movie industry people. Yeah. Um, Cheech and <laughs> Chong. Hey, you guys went to go get pizza. You guys went to go get a pepperoni pizza and never came back with anchovies. Yeah, we're the anchovies, man. Oh, sorry, the eighty, uh, the 80s happened. <laughs> this place has a light switch? It's, like, I was telling you, like, what, uh, like, I, the, Zoot is such a weird character, because he, <laughs> like, he forgets everything, but he also, I guess, is a magician, because half the time, like, he'll be sleeping, but things are floating around him, or when... Cheech and Chong ask for a nickel. He like has a nickel mm-hmm. just levitate in his hand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about at all, but I do like the general um, Muppet cartoony craziness that continues. Like when Doctor Teeth is in the hot tub and he just keeps pulling out my ties. And Lily Singh just keeps like being like, "I was like, where did those come from?" Or like. She's like out there for five minutes, not even five minutes, and comes back in with every, when the Muppets had thrown and a giant a house party. party going on. <laughs> and, or when Janice has the therapist that just appears yeah. in the house. Yes. How did you get in my house? And then right at the end, God, I laughed so hard. Uh, Statler and Waldorf <laughs> booing them and boo, you stink. And guys, this isn't your seat. Hey, the Muppets finally did something they like. They asked us to leave. No! <laughs> I like, I really also like their opening mini skits. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the one where they're all on the bus and they're all wearing neck braces. And and Lily <laughs> sings like, Dude, you guys anymore. can't headbang anymore. And then Master of Puppets comes on and they're all oh, just trying so hard to not must headbang. headbang. <laughs> The power of rock compels us ow, to ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this show made me happy. It's so much fun. Yeah. And we got Baby and, Animal. Uh, no, okay, I wanted to talk to you about Baby Animal real yeah. quick. Because um, Baby Animal obviously existed in... The Muppet Babies. Um, the Muppet Babies. And there was baby animal, uh, a physical baby animal puppet in uh, Muppet Family Christmas and in, uh, I believe, uh, the flashback in Muppets Take Manhattan when they're all babies. I think the baby, that the animal baby in this did not look like baby animal. Right. I saw baby animal and I was like, why did they go with that baby animal? That's not baby animal. Is it because... He was like literally very baby animal. Like I think because I don't understand. I, I think it be was he was literally baby animal because. Uh, well, they also changed his whole backstory too because Floyd mm. being like like someone dropped him off at Floyd's and Floyd is the one taking care of him. Right. Well, I don't think Nanny. I don't think the Muppet Babies. Muppet. 
I don't think them all being babies together. I don't think the Muppet Baby show is part of like the, the canon. Muppet Baby lore. <laughs> like, I think only the... Yeah, which is a weird thing to say, but I also did once read that um, there is an official, like, Muppet movies where the Muppets are themselves are considered actual Muppet history and Muppet movies where they're playing characters like Muppet Christmas Carol and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Muppet Treasure Island are Muppet movies where they are star where the Muppets are starring in a right. movie. I remember so, that canon because there's also the whole canon of, I, I want to say I, it might be Kermit and Miss Piggy or it might, I might be mm-hmm. mixing up with Mickey and, and Minnie where they're just dating in real life, but are, are, are they're married in real life, but they pretend to be a couple, like, for certain movies? I think that's Mickey and Minnie. That might be Mickey and I Minnie. Think, I think the official story of Mickey and Minnie is that they are a married couple, quote-unquote, in real life, and then they just play different roles where maybe they're not married in movies. Ah, okay. I think... I think, if I'm remembering correctly, which is a weird thing to be saying about fictional characters, but I think that, quote-unquote, in real life, Kermit and Miss Piggy are just like in the movies where they are on again, off again. Okay. Because when you see all the Muppet stuff where they are playing themselves, uh, they can't... Like I said, I think it's any Muppet live-action production not animated like Muppet Babies where they are playing themselves that is considered part of the quote unquote lore of the real life Muppets okay (laughs) yeah so I don't think Kermit and Miss Piggy are currently married (laughs) I believe they are not together (laughs) (laughs) I will say my two I have my two favorite cameos in this show is Martin uh, Martin Freeman M- Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman? Wow, Martin Freeman. Morgan Freeman coming into because <laughs> Zoot's holding on trying to play Zoot, <laughs> and uh, uh. and then Peter Jackson shows up at the end. Oh God, that was funny. I don't do I don't do documentaries. I do trilogies. Now just pay don't pay attention to the camera. And three, two, one. <laughs> they all look yeah. right at the camera. <laughs> Um, I was a big fan of, I thought, uh, Rachel Bloom being a Swifty <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, what other one did I think was really Attention good? Attention music I, fa- fa- music artists, fans, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that Deadmau5 coming in and all the mayhem wearing <laughs> Deadmau5 helmets and then Deadmau5 taking his helmet off and going, oh, fresh air. Why do I wear this thing? There's a lot, of, that there's a lot of meta jokes in this. Like the one uh, bit where they're all they're singing uh, non-copyright, like free, free use songs. And then they're talking mm-hmm. about the songs they want to sing. And then there's like, well, as long as we're in the confines of our van and nowhere else can hear us we could do i think we should do all of stairway to heaven and then they just stare at the goes go yeah and it goes right to the opening credits instead wait wait disney plus gets a load of this ah disney plus is gonna love this (laughs) yeah i i like that ah 
I thought it was really funny when uh, Lips couldn't get right that she wanted a beetle and then right as she says ah we didn't really need a beetle paul mccartney's calling yeah <laughs> lips hits ignore like, uh, uh, i said i wanted a beetle not a bangle well <laughs> oh, lips told oh, me okay. to walk like an egyptian you know what else always makes me laugh dr teeth's arms they're the funniest things <laughs> oh I liked getting kind of a Electric Mayhem origin story, like how they got together. Yeah, that was sweet. I I like. I also like when they all go on their little existence. They're all they're like drug. They're stale marshmallow drug. <laughs> I think using marshmallows that expired in two thousand three, <laughs> because obviously they can't do an LSD trip, right? They're Muppets, even though they're all 60s hippie stoner burnouts. Oh my god, these were good till 1998. Oh, so we still have three years left. What? (laughs) (laughs) And using that for them to go on a hallucinatory trip (laughs) was so funny. Floyd's Floyd's (laughs) trip involving Weird Al. (laughs) Ah, is this like the Lion King? (laughs) No! <laughs> and then he hugs the cactus. <laughs> My new friend, oh. Darwin. And uh, Zoot, because he didn't eat the marshmallows because he doesn't do sugar. He's just walking around taking a picture of everybody. You make a cute couple, man. He's finding himself in their hallucinations. <laughs> and then he gets... But the funniest part is he gets actual physical it. pictures of their hallucinations. <laughs> Which is even funnier. One of my other favorite jokes, just an offshoot joke, is them ragging on Kevin Smith's yoga hosers. Yeah, and whatever yoga hosers. (laughs) And Dr. Teeth being an actual dentist. (laughs) And his parents are dentists, like disappointed that he's doing music. Well, his dad's not. His mom is kind of overbearing and... (laughs) That was kind of a whole sweet thing when he finally decides he wants to do music and his dad is just like, no, like, no, like, not if I have anything to say about it. Because his dad up to that point has just been, yep. yep. <laughs> oh, there, oh, now we're at the phase where we're just going to have, like, an, an interrupted flashback. What do you mean an uninterrupted <laughs> He's not even here. Not him. No, he, this is my <laughs> flashback. <laughs> Oh, Ugh. I really, I, I know they haven't said anything yet, and I'm sure they probably will, but I really hope it gets, like, a second season of them, like, doing the tour life. They really left it there, because they didn't, uh, like, Nora and Moog almost kissed, but then, you know, road trip, road trip, animal, animal. got in the middle. <laughs> Nora! 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 Hey. Tick tock, tick tock. You know what? I don't blame. I don't blame animals. No, I don't either. Lily Singh is uh, kind of a babe. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, but yeah, they, they kind of left it where like maybe the mayhem will will return and. 
maybe we'll get to see some good stuff with some uh, some of our other favorite Muppet characters. I'm ex- like, and they also I guess the hint, and I think it it's an official thing that comes out tomorrow, is they actually are putting out like a vinyl soundtrack of the Muppet of the Electric Mayhem album. Yeah, I think the whole album uh, is already out, like, digitally. I don't think the vinyl's out, but I think the digital's out. Well, i um, got to load that up, because I'm going to be listening to that now. And actually, did you see who did the music for this show? Didn't Billie Eilish have something to do with it? No, Mick Giacchino did the songs, and his brother, Michael Giacchino, oh. uh, the Michael Giacchino, did the score. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm looking at the track list for the Muppets Mayhem soundtrack. It's like yeah. 22 songs. Oh yeah. The yeah, there's like four songs that are like uh that are Mick Giacchino's, which includes mm-hmm. marshmallow hallucinations. Yep. Yeah, I gotta save yep. this for later. It's a great big long old thing. It's got uh, their version of rock and roll all night. And it's part of their, every uh, day. And part <laughs> of every day. Those are definitely the lyrics. <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> the, 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 I, the, the best thing about this show is just the Muppet, like how well they do. They have the comedy chops for everything that Muppets do. Like when... Mm-hmm. When Lily sing like when like break tries to break uh, Doctor Teeth out of his like whole like his whole life crisis when his parents show up and break it early and she shows up and and the other Muppets are just cross armed in the doorway like what have what? you done <laughs> or like when she like at the end when they're doing the bring back the lyrics for rock and roll all night and she's like a part of every day and they're all just deadpan staring at her like you you sweet i feel sorry i feel sorry for you (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah i yeah i i super i super loved it it was totally amazing yeah but sad that it's over for now yeah, like I know so many people are like I I enjoyed cuz today was my day off just sitting and doing nothing but watching the Muppets. But at the same time I'm like, oh, but now I binged the whole thing and it's over. This is why I don't really like binging that much. I'm like, oh, cuz now it's over. Yeah. Um at least there's that versus like the other thing where it's where Disney Plus had just announced that they're going to start taking things off their uh, off of di- off the apps. I'm like, this is why we go to brick and mortar. Buy physical. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, HBO Max did it first, and now and, and now, dude, physical media for the win. Yeah, like we all thought, including myself, that maybe streaming would be the awesome answer, and it turns out it's not. <laughs> it's just not. Like it's just convenient. It's, it's just convenient. Like, I went out of sheer laziness, literally out of sheer laziness. I was looking for a movie the other day that I knew that I owned on physical, but I didn't feel like getting up. And it wasn't on anything. So I'm like, well, it's a good thing I own this movie that I want to watch and that I can actually get up and go do it and yeah. put it in instead of being a lazy asshole, you know, but I did try the convenient way first and it turns out didn't work for me. Like 
I, it's convenient just because there's movies I will probably never buy, and I'm just like scrolling through and being like, oh, I kind of want to watch this. Like I watched some horrendous stuff recently, uh, movie like horror movies and stuff. Yes, but like yesterday I was bored, so I watched one of my favorite comedies, Dodgeball. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I which really- is getting a sequel, finally. Yeah. But it's, Bizarre, though, but it's that... so funny because ju- it's well, looking back on that movie and seeing Justin Long be a little dweeb in that, like <laughs> getting his ass handed to him every which way uh, mm-hmm. by like Girl Scouts, uh, and then be watching movies like Barbarian, where he's still a dweeb, but he's like an unlikable dweeb. <laughs> right. Oh, did you hear that Pedro Pascal is going to be in that director uh, in the Barbarian director's like next big thriller? I did see something about that, yeah. So I'm like, yes, more Pedro, more... What's his name? I know he's from The Whitest Kids You Know. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, Zeckler, something like that. Yeah, can't remember. Um, I I watched a couple other movies that... Uh, it's been like a week or so that since we mm-hmm. chatted, but I finally got around to watching some. Um, All right. Uh, I, I watched uh, Renfield, finally. Oh, okay. What'd you think? It's fine. Um, yeah. Got into it's... a heated argument mm-hmm. with J- our our friend Jenny about it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, because uh, I think she liked it way more than either of us liked it. I it there's definitely some charm to it. Um, yeah. And Nick Cage does exactly what I want, what I expect from him in this movie. But my biggest beef with it is the super cartoonish violence, like. The CGI blood is awful. <laughs> no, I thought it was kind of funny. No, like it's it's funny. There's just points we're watching it where like the 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 actual blood effects are like just so terrible looking. Like see, like I don't know. Like they just look like mm-hmm. video game graphics to me. Yeah. Um. My um. My biggest thing with it, I just don't think the story, I don't think the script was all that It's good. not a great script. It really isn't. Um, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Schwartz overall. Mm. Um, Aquafina is fine, I guess. I've only really seen her in this and Shang-Chi. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, it's an, I thought it was a fun movie to watch, but definitely not like what I was, what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, but I also watched Super Mario Brothers. Interesting. Okay. Let's hear it. It's fine. Um, okay. It's, I want to say it's great for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids are going to love this movie, I think. Uh, or I think they do. It made all the money. Yeah, it made all the money. But for, for, but then for the adults, it's just a, like, just look, looking out on the outside it's like just a hollow like it's just it felt like a hollow story with nothing but like uh a lot of just nostalgia thrown in yeah but it was fine that's about what i've heard yeah yeah like the the end battle doesn't feel like such a big deal for some reason and it should like if you don't mind me spoiling it a little bit 
Um, I don't know. I'm probably yeah. like, I thought I wanted to watch it and then all the reviews came in and I was like, Oh, I guess I don't want to watch it's, this. Like, I would say give it a fair shake, but definitely something that's not really worth going to the movies to see in my mm-hmm. opinion. But like the end right. battle is just so, it just, it, it just didn't feel epic enough for a super Mario movie. Um, mm-hmm. like they, they, uh, like they, there's a giant warp pipe that gets blown up by a bullet bill, and everyone gets thrown into Brooklyn from the mm-hmm. Mushroom Kingdom, and that's where they have their last stand. Um, it's the mm-hmm. only time you see Luigi fight, which doesn't really make sense. Um, okay, because he's been locked away in like a like a little prison the whole time. It's just lackluster. Mm-hmm. I felt. All right, well, yeah, yeah, that's not the first. I mean, everything I've heard about it has not been fantastic, so unfortunately, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And the other movie I saw, uh, like, is Bo is Afraid. This is an interesting one. Okay, uh, I have heard weird things about Bo is Afraid. Tell me about Bo is Afraid. I want to say right off the bat, I really like Ari Aster. I'm a big fan okay. of Midsummer. I'm a big fan okay. of Hereditary. I think those are Never both. Never seen either one. Th- I okay. think they're both very solid films, for completely different reasons. And I know they are usually. I've had many arguments with many people about which one's better than the other, or whatever. This okay. is his weakest film. Um, All right. I. It's three hours long, and I felt like I, I at first I thought I understood where it was going. And then it took mm-hmm. a weird turn, and it was like a weird torture dream of of Joaquin Phoenix like dealing with grief <clears throat> and anxiety. And there's a good mm. amount of just seeing Joaquin's uh, seeing someone's ball sack. There are too much balls in this movie, which is a phrase All I right. never thought I would say about a movie. Um, okay. I did the one uh, Bo is Afraid review that stuck out to me was somebody who was like, um, I don't understand who this movie is for. Like, it seems like it is for Ari Aster and Ari Aster only. (laughs) It really does feel that way. Like, the beginning of the film. Which is not what a movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a movie. Obviously, art should partly be for whoever is making it, but if you're making it for other people to also consume, it should be for somebody besides the artist. And that's the thing. Like, the beginning of this movie, I strongly had... I had a strong connection with, because it felt like the events you're watching were happening... were an over-exaggeration of what's going on in his head, with... When what I felt like he was dealing with anxiety, because I'm like, oh, I felt this. Like, I know mm-hmm. this exact feeling. And th- that's kind of like, but just this one's just like blown so far out of proportion. Like, he lives in like one street area where people are just being murdered in the middle of the road, staring him down. Uh, like, it's just next to like a, like a, like a, one of those nickel like whorehouses. Like, everything's mm-hmm. bad, and no one's doing anything about it. Like, even the news is, like, talking about, like, random shit. Like, all right, the happy birthday, naked stabbers running around. So, it's just, they show a naked old man who 
stabs people on their birthdays, like a full scene, like in it. That's but then, weird. Yeah, and then the premise is Bo's mom dies at the beginning of the film, and right as Bo is supposed to come and visit her to commemorate, like when his dad died. And she dies. So then the whole movie becomes him trying to get to the funeral because they will not put her to rest unless he's there. Um, but then he like goes on this weird side okay. quest where he's hit by a car because he's running. He's naked. He's also naked. And he's running away from the naked birthday stabber guy. Um, he wakes up from being hit by a car in someone's house. Which is Nathan Lane and some other lady that are take care of him because Nathan Lane's like a surgeon, and Joaquin leaves from Bo leaves escapes from that where these two have a PTSD war veteran that they hunt down use to hunt him down because their daughter committed suicide in Bo's presence. I, I see your face. This is yeah. but I can't. This is weird, man. And then he, like, finds himself in a, uh, like, in the woods where there's, like, a eccentric, like, play group putting on a play that then Bo is now starring in. And you're, it's, like, 20, 25, almost a half hour of a random story that has Bo. It's movie. And then, like, then it turns again to, like, like the weirdest fever dream. This whole movie's a fever dream. This is bizarre. It gets better. I'm about to ruin this movie if no one wants to watch it because I have to, I have not been able to really talk about it to anyone. Okay. And I'm about to ruin okay. this. So if you don't want to hear it, like we'll put like some sort of thing in. But so he gets home to where her mom, where his mom is, and has sex with like an old crush. Like he, a, a uh. girl that he met on a cruise line, because Bo has never had sex, and they make that a big thing in this because that's how his dad died was conceiving him, like from like All a right. em- embolism thing. So he's never had sex. So he finds this this girl shows up that he had a crush on when he was a kid, and apparently she was working for her mom, and they bone where she dies, and or malfunctions what? i don't know because she becomes a robot and just freezes on top of him and it turns out uh bo's mom is not dead and she, this whole thing was like a weird mad experiment to get bo to see bo's reaction of him coming home and then he and he's like well this entire time like there's this one memory of my life where you put what i assume is me in an in an attic and she's like that's not a dream and they open the attic and he has a twin of some sort and a giant fucking ball monster like testicle monster in the is in the fucking attic that kills random people what i'm telling you fever dream this movie makes oh no my sense God. and then the whole last part of it is a metaphorical like bow kills his mom uh, and gets in a boat and then goes through a tunnel where then he finds himself in a giant arena where his mom is not dead and instead is now Bo's on trial with um what's that guy's name he always plays like a shrewd lawyer type 
Um, I can't remember his name at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to like look up. Anyway, I'll, I'm looking him up as I, it, the as this oh, is happening. Okay. But then he finds himself on trial about being a terrible son. Um, uh, Richard Kind. Uh, oh, Richard or, Kind. Yeah, Richard Kind. Uh, okay. Oh, Bill Hader was in this movie? Oh, okay, whatever. Um, the fact that you didn't notice speaks to how weird this is. This movie's fucking weird. Like, the, the whole thing ends with a trial of, of basically, uh, like, be, being, like, Bo's a terrible son. These are all the things he could have done to get to his mom's funeral, but didn't. Like, throughout, like, recurse, like, retelling what we all saw. It's hmm. fucking bonkers. <laughs> this is bizarre. Yeah. Nathan Lane, Patty Lapone. Yeah. What a cast. It's Holy a fantastic Lord. cast, but story-wise, like you said and what other people said, it really feels like this movie was made specifically for Ari Aster and Ari Aster alone. That is weird, man. I've heard all I all the review all the reviews I've seen about it are literally just what? Yeah. <laughs> like people who are like what? I know diehard so. Ari Aster fans that are I've talked with that are like I don't understand what this what what is this? And even my favorite thing was one of my friends was I saw this on mushrooms and I regretted every moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah. Giant ball monsters. It's fucking weird. Ball monster. Yeah, it's weird, man. All right, do we now finally want to talk about uh, the big, big thing, which is uh, my testicles have got? Uh, what? Well, the giant testicle monster. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, I, I was talking about my testicles, but it, it, Guardians is well, probably they, more. Your yeah. testicles probably need some attention as well. Probably. Um, <laughs> but um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Very like considering the what we've went through for a majority of marvel films i'm not gonna lie going in i was like okay i'm getting ready to probably be disappointed Mm, and boy was i not Mm. disappointed that's good i was uh it's not a secret i think volume two is pretty damn bad (laughs) um i don't like volume two I do still like volume one, so I was like, okay, this stands a 50-50 chance of being amazing or bad. Yeah. Really damn good. Really, really damn it's good. So, uh, I want to talk about my, only because it is the smallest thing, and I think, I don't want, it, it, my only real complaint for this film was Adam Warlock. Oh, okay, interesting. I felt his whole point of the like his whole characteristic thing was too similar to Drax in the first film but he was also treated like he was around uh but he never really did anything he was just more like a weird comedy buffer okay I thought they explained pretty well I think they gave him some place to go yeah like I I don't know Adam I I I don't understand what they did but I was well, not a fan of it. <laughs> okay, I because I don't know a lot about Adam Warlock in the comics, but my understanding is he's very, very serious, and I don't know if he could have been just straight up serious in this series. Um, 
I don't know. I thought the the fact that he kind of came out of the cocoon too early um, and kind of had to learn about the world made a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think he was particularly great. Like he was somewhat, I think, underutilized probably, but also um, they, uh, you know, there, there wasn't enough scenery to use after Chiwudi Awuji was done chewing it up. So yeah, uh, freaking. There were there weren't any scenes left after the high evolutionary <laughs> stole them all. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. I mean, like, like I totally get it that this is like the introduction of Adam Warlock and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I just think the way they did it, I was just not the biggest. It didn't ruin the movie at all. I was just like, if as, as a personal aspect, I was just like. Like, the random times where, like, something happens, he, like, wakes up and then gets, like, punched or thrown somewhere. Like, mm. like that that's the only real thing, was it? Like, I understand to get him, to make him a new guardian by the end was fine. To yeah. get him, like, it's just, the way to get there, I wasn't a fan of. But I was fine right. with him being there. Alright, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, uh... Uh, I I know one of the contention points of this movie overall is like some people were complaining it was too dark uh, for the PG-13 rating. PG-13 means bullshit. Our, our entire rating system pretty much means bullshit at this point. Like it needs some kind of overhaul because PG-13 has become such a catch-all for yeah. things that they don't. Things that are obviously not an R-rated movie, but things that also... Are, there needs to be some sort of... It, it was on the dark side of things. It wasn't worthy of an R rating. Um, the uh, mutilated animals, even though they were only CG, was personally a bit much for me. I've already had this argument with a couple people that I think there was a way to tell this story without a legless spider legged rabbit with a thing in its mouth and a chopped up uh rocket that his first word in the whole movie is hurts but yeah. uh some people disagree with me about that uh, whatever i i don't for me it was just a, a little bit much but um uh, the the story worked the story of of how rocket came to be rocket and and uh, being P eight one three P eight nine one three or whatever his his name was before he was Rocket, um, causing the the High Evolutionary to lose his mind yeah. was um, really strong. So I liked you know Rocket's overall arc. Nebula's arc in this was really good too. Like her mm, whole yeah. like like never like finally coming to the realization that this is like her family mm -hmm. uh and especially having that specific bond with rocket um yeah everyone had a great chance to actually shine in their own thing because like between my thing my favorite bits were mostly like nebula and mantis based yeah yeah 
Um, I think Mantis's ending came a little bit out of nowhere, but the movie also is two and a half hours long. Yeah. So you can, like her, she did very randomly at the end decide she had never experienced life on her own and had to go do that. Like they didn't set that up anywhere in the movie, but also at two and a half hours, I don't know where they could have set it up without making the movie any longer. Yeah. Um, I personally really liked Drax coming completely full circle. Oh my Uh, God. The whole, because Drax's whole story begins with, he has nothing left because his wife and daughter have been murdered and all he has left is revenge and destruction. And then at the end of the guardians saga that James Gunn started, he gets to use his, uh, super dadness to take care of all these kids. Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah. His little, um, mon- his little monkey noises. His quote-unquote monkey noises. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what a monkey sounds like? I don't know. Be quiet. It's working. <laughs> I like Drax when he's trying to, like, like, try to cheer up, like, Quill again. He's just, like, and then talking about metaphors. He's like, yep. I made a poop that looked like a fish. <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, Dave Batista became really goddamn funny. He, he's his a fantastic, t- like, comedy actor. His, his, uh, uh, April Fool's Day video. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. With his fake Netflix comedy special. <laughs> oh. I don't know where or how or when he got quite that funny, but he's gotten really good at doing those kinds of things. Yeah. But yeah, I really did appreciate him coming around Drax and and getting to be uh, kind of like the the dad of the orphans. Yeah. So I will I think the only person I wasn't like the biggest fan of in terms of story wise because it because it was kind of like his ending for now was like was Peter's like well except for the fact that right at the end it says the legendary Star Lord yep. will return yeah had to give so, gotta give him his own freaking spinoff I think James Gunn was put in a little bit of a hard place for Peter and Gamora because he didn't get to make the decision that Gamora died. Right. Somebody else in a different movie got to... I mean, I'm sure... Did they make that movie during the part... You know what? Did Endgame got made when he wasn't with the company anymore, right. didn't it? So yeah. he didn't get to make that decision. Somebody else made... So I think for Peter and Gamora, he did the best he could given what he had to work with. But I also think the story is not bad i think it would have been cheap and easy to have peter and gamora get back together again i think it makes more sense that peter has to learn how to grow and move on and that sometimes good things end right you know um and i also think there's a really good line in this movie uh that speaks to the character and why he has been doing this running game his whole life, which Mantis put so good as leaping from lily pad to lily pad and needing to learn how to swim. Yeah. Uh, When he says, 
you know, I left Earth when I was eight years old. And the last thing my grandfather, you know, I, I, I was kidnapped or I left Earth when I was eight years old. My mother had just died and my grandfather yelled in my face. And like his grandfather didn't yell in his face. Like that's not what happened in that movie. Like, yeah, yeah his mom just died. And yes, his grandpa picked him up and took him out in the hall and said, Peter, stay here. But he didn't yell, Peter. He didn't yell at him. But either eight-year-old Peter thought his grandfather yelled at him or Peter has changed his memory, his own memory so much since he's been away from Earth to cope with the fact that he left Earth so traumatically that he's convinced himself that his grandfather yelled at him right after his mother died. E either way, whether he actually believed that since he was eight years old or he made himself believe that since he was eight years old, that's pretty strong. And you can see, like, why he would never want to go back to Earth ever. Huh. You know? But, so God, this... Like, uh, the other thing I really like about this movie... And we haven't even talked about just like the high, like high evolutionary, like they did God. such a good job with him. Somewhere, Kevin Feige is going. How do we make it so that Chikuti Awuji is actually a variant of Kang, so that we can have him replace right? and Matrix? <laughs> How is Chikuti Awuji's high evolutionary somehow actually Kang? Make it happen. Just do it already. Like. <laughs> He, I don't a, want that yeah. to happen, by the way. I want them to pick somebody different to to replace Jonathan Majors. But I feel like that's going to happen somewhere. They, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, it'd be a weird way. They, they would have to really figure out how to how to spin it. But like, mm -hmm. the, his whole character in this movie was so interesting, of just like I, of like trying to make the perfect race, the perfect mm -hmm. care person. And then just, like, getting mad that a little raccoon, like, figured it out before him and make, and make, to make him, like, uh, like, he's like, no, you have to stay here now and I have to kill you so, like, I get all the credit. Well, he plays a narcissist abuser really well because uh, he has the line, you know, there was no God, that's why I had to step in. Yeah. Uh, so clearly he's like a megalomaniac narcissist because he thinks he's God. <laughs> um, and also, like, he does the thing that in real life abusers do to the people they're abusing where, like, he's got those moments where, like, you think he really likes Rocket. You know, I won't say P whatever. His, his name's Rocket. But where he, you think he really likes Rocket, and they're talking about music, and he's super impressed that that Rocket knows what a rocket is, and he's super impressed that that Rocket figured out the uh, super evolving formula, and then he completely loses his mind because he's not the one that figured it out, and he can't stand that somebody else figured it out. Yeah. And also he's got that one bit that's really funny, but also the high evolutionary super, super fucking petty where he has to stand on a step stool because he can't stand <laughs> being shorter than Aisha. Mm, <laughs> you know? Aisha. Uh, um, 
Yeah, he's really good. Um, I don't know if he actually ended up surviving his whole thing exploding, but maybe we can see the high evolutionary again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I well, I'm pretty sure he's dead because they ripped it. They ripped his face off. And well, that's his his face was a mask because that's uh, I think that's how his face looked when after Rocket, you know. Uh, chose violence after his friends died. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was such a heartbreaking scene, too. Like, like mm-hmm. them break, like, child rocket breaking his friends out, and then the high evolutionary shows up and kills them all. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you all gotta, you, 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 none of you are built to live. Like, you're just yep. experiments that failed. Yep. God. You won the crying contest, he yeah. says. Ooh, boy. Oh, uh, Rocket realizing he is a raccoon after vehemently denying yeah. being a raccoon. And then saying, you know, name's Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. Like, that's good. Uh, um, I love Kraglin and Cosmos. Little, like, back and forth. I, you say I'm a good dog right now. No, because you're a bad dog. <laughs> I love... I don't like Kraglin, by the way. I've never liked that character. Um, I, I do think that um, Cosmo being a psychic dog that can talk using her mind but not being able to let go of the fact that Kraglin called her a yeah. bad dog is really funny. Yeah, I hate... I don't, I'm not a big fan of Kraglin as a character either, but I just love... Yeah. This whole bit of just Kraglin called her a bad dog. And then dog. he said, I'm a bad dog. Oh, let it go. Kraglin, Kraglin would you just tell a good she... dog. So she'll shut it. She's not a good dog. She's a bad dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but also Cosmo holding that whole thing in place with her mind so all the kids and animals could get off was really awesome. So good. Yeah. I will the the whole ending bit of war of Peter like die like on the verge of death and puffing up was a little too mm-hmm. funny for me to take seriously for some reason. It was weird. Where was Peter's helmet? He apparently that was a thi- uh, there was an interview that was going on like there was going around where like they asked him why he didn't have his helmet or his like little boot his like rocket boots. And I guess that was, like, a thing where it's like, no, he has to learn, like, not to have those. I'm like, that's stupid. But his helmet, man. Like, yeah. It's, it's Star-Lord's helmet. Like, uh, have him wear his helmet. Yeah. Oh, the, the hallway fight scene to No Sleep Till Brooklyn. That was really awesome. That part, they said he couldn't wear his helmet for that because Chris Pratt couldn't see yeah. to do the choreography. That I get. Other parts in the movie I don't get. Um, I'll tell you the other part I really liked, speaking of fighting, I liked that Mantis's thing was using her powers. to. She didn't like ever really hit anybody. She used her powers to make them like, shoot each other. Uncontrollable or rage! Uncontrollable rage. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. Oh, he's. Oh, I see. Ah, uh, I have one of those too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they're talking about Drax being dumb. Ah, uh, yeah. I I have one of those too. He's yeah. like, 
gesturing at the guy that's right next to him. I misheard you. I just missed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, you see? Uh, you can go. You can go. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Uh, so this that's movie is just so fucking strong. Like, yep. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it's over, but I know, like, like, oh, and it, yeah, and then, like, we didn't even talk about Groot, like, throughout this entire movie. I am Groot. You guys are just making up what he's saying, right? Yes, I am, I am Yes, you're Groot. <laughs> but then at the end, we get to understand Groot. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> and he, and apparently James Gunn did clear that up. Groot did not learn how to say I love you guys. We were meant to learn to understand I am Groot yeah. in that moment. So he did not learn. I didn't get that from the movie, but that's what James Gunn said. That's suppo- I thought he had learned to say I love you guys. Nope. Turns out the audience learned how to understand I am Groot. Which is sweet, but at the same time, I had the same thing. I'm like, he, I'm like of all the English, that's the first thing he he learns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what'd you what'd you think of the new the post credit scene of the new Guardians? I liked Great Big King Groot. Ah, oh, I love that Groot. I want I want a whole movie of him and Rocket. I liked them sitting around talking about music. Yes, I thought that was really good. Um, I don't know the orphan girl. She is. Oh shoot! I looked up what her name was too. She's from. Um, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lan- I, is it Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning? Uh, uh, she they anyway there was a there was a really uh popular Guardians run that James Gunn took a lot of inspiration from for the original Guardians, and she is apparently part of the same run. And now I can't remember what her name was, but hang on, uh, she I'm is trying to find it. Yep. Uh, let's see. Did, 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 did see if so. Oh God. Uh. So now I can't remember. But it'll be interesting to see, because uh, I'm assuming we probably won't see this new iteration of the Guardians again until uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Well, we now we don't even know about that. Um, I mean, considering you have the writer strike happening right now, and then oh, Jonathan yeah, Majors, <laughs> Jonathan Majors is pretty much out at this point. They'll, rep- I think they'll replace Jonathan Majors before they don't do Kang Dynasty. Right. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I feel like he's more replaceable than the storyline. They, they, but yeah, real quick, the writers' strike, man, uh, has put a lot of things on hold. Um, rightfully so. God yeah. damn it. Just pay the and cuz you know um the teamsters won't cross the picket lines and the teamsters drive a lot of trucks. Their UPS is union through the through the teamsters. Uh IATSE, which is, you know, the hair and makeup people, they won't cross the lines and uh I've been reading a lot about what's going on with the writers and it's 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 not good they they should be on strike yeah um they one of the writers laid out how much he gets paid versus 
and then laid out all his, you know, his expenses. He's like, here's what my agent costs. Here's what my rent costs. Here's what I spend on. Here's what I have to spend on groceries. Like it, it was real bad. <laughs> um, the, the writer's rooms are like working less and the, the companies expect them to maybe work at home unpaid more. Um, and I think, uh, I was reading something the other day that SAG may end up being next because there's some weird things going on in a lot of actors contracts now as well. Uh, apparently it's been reported to SAG. I don't, know how much truth there is to this it's one thing i read take it with a grain of salt but that more than one actor has said to sag hey we're getting these uh lines in our netflix contracts uh that says netflix has the ability to recreate our voices forever without paying us any money for artificially recreating our voices oh yeah yep so that's real bad the other thing, <laughs> the other thing i've been reading about is a, like a sub part of it is the on the animation side where um there's like a argument going around about a, an argument i don't know how much of this is true as well where if you work in the animation writing department apparently doesn't fall under the writer's guild or something along those lines so it's like try and be set up as its own like it's like, well, if you're part of the strike and you're on the animation side, it doesn't count kind of deal, yeah, um, which that's makes not. absolutely no sense. Nope. Um, and then there's... And they can't... Yeah. I'm sorry. They can't They can't say they don't have any money. They cannot say they don't have any money. They can't say they're posting record profits and uh, Adam Conover, who used to have the show Adam Ruins Everything, he's a comedian. He writes on things. He's He's like I guess the spokesperson for the WGA right now he he literally went on CNN the other day which is owned by Warner Brothers and had the balls to say hey guess what David Zaslov CEO of Warner Brothers who owns CNN made 250 million dollars last year and there are 10,000 members in the WGA, he made as much as what 10,000 of us want to be paid collectively. (laughs) Like, he made as much as what 10,000 people want to get paid. Nobody should make what 10,000 people need to get paid. Nobody should make what 10,000 people want to get paid. (laughs) That should not, that's fucking ridiculous, man. It's so fucking annoying. (laughs) Especially since... I I can't say CEOs do nothing. They obviously have some business function. They don't write the shows. They don't write the movies. They don't do the work that makes the products. Yeah, and the fact that they're 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 really pushing to be like, no, we don't want to because we don't want to give them money because that means less money for us. Yeah, you have thousands of writers who are doing all your work and you refuse to give them a livable wage in order to pay off any of their shit. Oh, and it's not even it's not even that they don't I mean, 
yes, the the obvious point is we don't want to pay them because we'll make. They try to say that the industry. They're trying to say that the that they're not making money. That the companies are not making money, which is just so stupid. How can you look at anybody and say these companies aren't making money? We know you're making money. Your company's profits are public. Yeah. Like you can no look sense. up, you can look up what your company is making on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. So, I really hope uh, the I, I really hope the writers get it figured out, man. Like, um, there's still projects that are done or or almost done that don't need any more writing that are gonna come, um, provided that uh. Well, they, like they put Daredevil on hold the other day uh, because IATSE wouldn't go across the picket lines to to Disney, so they couldn't do hair and makeup and stuff like that. So uh, even though those scripts are written, they still can't work on that project anymore and, and stuff like that. So uh, going to be an interesting time. Yeah, it's going to feel like we're going to have like a weird uh... – like obviously, there's probably there's gonna be stuff coming out like going forward for a little while, but where there's gonna be like a point like either like I would assume either the fall into winter or even beginning of spring like into spring. There's a lot of stuff that's that's done slash or in post production. I would say uh, it's only been what nine or ten days they've been on strike right now. Yeah. Uh, depending on how long it goes on, I would say probably we will have projects into next spring that are probably going to be good to go. Uh, and maybe there won't be much of a pause depending on how long it takes uh, everyone to come to the table and come to an agreement. Give the money. But that's just me spitballing. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not hard for any co- – and uh, now I'm just going to get real world. There's too many companies making too much money that aren't paying people enough. And uh, depending on what happens with the writers is going to really affect not just Hollywood but a lot of other companies. Oh, yeah. Because if the writers can't get what they want, if the writers come out on the – bad end of the bargain at the end which i don't think they will but maybe i'm being optimistic but i think that i they're not going to stop striking until they get something that is worthwhile for them so i think ultimately they'll come out okay um but uh, other company because i know uh, I I work for the post office and we keep hearing that our our union I'm part of a union our union legally cannot strike we have a no strike union but we hear about other unions obviously uh, UPS still might go on strike this year and we keep hearing about that because uh, obviously if UPS goes on strike we're gonna take all their workload off yeah. them so like I'm sure that the Teamsters who are also not crossing the picket line. Uh, the Teamsters are watching the Writers Guild strike going, all right, let's see what we can come up with for, you know, later if, if UPS goes on strike. So. Well, like, and I can freely say this too. Like, I work retail, and even mm. at what I do, I don't even make enough uh, 
in terms of surviving unless I take like a secondary job mm-hmm. um, by at least to do by myself. And I, we, I don't think well, like we're not part of any unions. So I'm like, unfortunately no. with retail, it's kind of like you were, we're very replaceable for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting going forward to see the repercussions of seeing like something as big as, big as a writer strike and seeing like the effects trickle down to everything else. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first time the writers have been on strike. Uh, what was the last one? 2007? It was like a couple of, yeah, it was like and 2007, 2008. Unfortunately birthed the reality TV show era because they didn't need writers to make the, that garbage. I feel and... like there was another writer strike not too long ago. I'm trying to look it up. Uh, they almost went on strike not too long ago. They didn't make it. There were yeah, the last one was two thousand November of two thousand seven till mm-hmm. February of two thousand eight. I could have sworn there. Yeah, I think there was. You're right. I think there was one that they were on the verge of having. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I th- maybe publishing writers, which would be a different thing than Hollywood writers. Maybe. I could be something to do with, um, could be something to do with like people that write novels and stuff like that. But I think the Writers Guild uh, has come real close in recent years, and then this time they they finally did it. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, it works out for them. Just it's pay better. them. Yeah, give they them money. They make good stuff. You can't make good shows without writers. Without writers, you get shit like Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> yeah, Honey Boo Boo, chow. Hey, that pig looked, fun- looked at me funny. I couldn't come up with a more recent example of a, uh, <laughs> of well, a reality TV show. <laughs> well, it's funny you said it's funny you say because I was just talking with our friend Jenny last night because I guess MTV is now officially done. Like officially. No, MTV News. Yeah, MTV is- News. So we were talking about which is well, different than MTV. Yeah, but like, yeah, MTV's been dead for long ago. But then <laughs> I made the joke was like, well, we can have a resurgence of like Pimp My Ride or um, uh, Flavor of Love or my personal favorite. Uh, oh, what was it? Oh, Room Raiders. Did you ever watch? Oh that? yeah, yeah. Room Raiders. Skeevy dudes picking a, a date by going through a girl's. Uh, going through a girl's uh, bedroom. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was girls going through a guy's bedroom. It, it's both. Like, it can go both ways. Um, oh, because it, oh, okay. The ones I always remember are, like, the the trashy dudes that go through, like, three girls, and then the girls go through his, bef- like, while, when he's out. Like, uh, kind of deal. I think mm. it, I think it's both both ways and not just the guys doing it. Or, okay. or, or next... Where it's the bus full of dudes or girls that are gonna—they're just waiting while a guy goes on a date with one, and then says next, and then another person comes off the bus immediately and pick up where they left off. I remember that. Yeah. Ah, uh, I'm telling you, resurgence. If Jersey Shore can get a resurgence, why no, not? Stop it. <laughs> they did. Ah. Uh. I don't need to hear about room raiders getting it. <laughs> oh well. Market, anyway, market. If that happens, I want my cut of the of the money for that. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that will do it. That's a good place to end. A resurgence of Room Raiders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't have anything else for this week. Uh, who knows what'll be coming up within the next week or so? But I guess we'll find. Oh, oh. wait. Uh, I can tell is you. Next wh- week, the week you're leaving for. No. Or is it the week I after week- that you're going so, to? So okay. Might as well talk about it now. So yeah. Um, I am in the process of moving to Austin, Texas, at the beginning of mm. June. I was just wondering when you were going to Frightmare. First. Frightmare is, I leave the twenty fourth. Okay. And then I come back the fourth, uh, June fourth. Okay. And then I leave again. Okay. So okay. Well. So cool. we'll have we'll have something. I do know it's gonna happen next week, but uh, next week is when Ant Man Quantumania hits Disney Plus. Oh, I, wow, look at me not caring about that. <laughs> Uncaring as I am, I will probably watch it, so at least we'll have maybe that, and maybe I will finally find someone uh, in the area playing Sisu. Ah, yeah, forgot about that too. This is okay. why we gotta go on more adventures. Yeah, right, right now I'm too poor to go on adventures. Aren't I we? just bought a giant bat plane, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I man, like I'm so jealous. But oh, it's like I told you. Like I was so close to making like my. I might do one final purchase at work, and I think that final purchase might be what all the what we do in the shadows. Ah, uh, yeah, you should get those because I really want them, and I haven't bought a pop in a long time because none of them have really piqued my interest. But I really want them to make a chase of Nandor as uh as Jackie D- Daytona. You mean uh, Laszlo? Laszlo. Did I say Nandor? Yes. Dang it. Yeah, Laszlo is Jackie Daytona. <laughs> yeah. I got to get those too. Love that show. Can't wait for that to come back, but oh, that'll probably yeah. be gone for a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? Damn it. <sighs> All right. Later, everyone. Later. The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. If you have not already subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, please do so. It really helps us out. Also, what really helps us out is if you could leave us a review. We really do appreciate it. Find us online on Facebook. Just look for Two Broke Geeks. Find us on Instagram, 2BGPod, and on Twitter, at 2BGPod. Find Atomic Geekdom online at AtomicGeekdom.com or on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. Thanks. Oh, it's over. It's over.